So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Beyonce Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode 12 of The Other Way. In this episode, Summit is rapidly running out of excuses to put off the wedding. Janice lets Benny explain his studio house. Evelyn takes it out on Corey when the Jenny shows up in a dream. Kenny's adult children feel neglected. And Ellie and Victor debate the meaning of money. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things? <sighs> getting there, getting there. This is grading week for me, so it's like crazy. Ugh, uh, don't even get me, remind me. I'm like so far behind on my grading, and I know that I'm going to have to put in a couple weeks. I don't have a deadline like you have a deadline, but... Yes, mine is. Yeah, it's the end of a quarter. And like, so all the grades I've given so far have to be done by Wednesday. Oh, like, goodness. So yeah, it's like rough, rough, rough time all, always. Yeah. Well, I'm having a rough time too, because I just got my booster shot. So I, it oh. laid me out the second one. So this one isn't as bad. I was running a bit of a fever and feeling kind of weird, but for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I got pretty lucky with all three of my shots. I didn't have like any reaction to any of them. So. Okay, well, this is my fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> so uh, the fourth one, oh gosh, that one, I was not expecting that because the first three, I didn't have anything. And then this one, it's it, this one's been okay. It's yeah, I probably could have made it into work in hindsight, but I thought I was ramping up for that crazy fever like with number four. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. speaking of ramping up the crazy, <laughs> I want to start by talking about Corey and Evelyn. Oh, so, so Corey and Evelyn are uh, going to meet with the wedding planner. Or that's what they say. Because Evelyn – but we don't really see that. Instead, we just see them in the car. We see Evelyn making fun of Corey for driving like a slow grandma. And she said <laughs> she doesn't know what he's planned. She's like, why are you letting everybody pass you? She just was <laughs> mad at everything. Yeah. Um she doesn't know what he's planned because as punishment, all the wedding planning duties have now fallen to Corey. <laughs> that seems like a punishment for both of them. <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. But she yeah. but she she kind of made her expectations known and then said, you know my standards, meet them. I don't right? think he does. Let's recall the wedding dress he had picked out for her. I don't think he knows her standards at all. His sister's prom dress? I feel like after that, she was like, let me make very clear what I'm looking for. <laughs> Because she's really – she's being like short with him and bitchy like the whole way. Yeah. And they asked her why and it turns out she's just pissed because like the Jenny showed up in one of her dreams <laughs> and then just was like, I'm pissed now. Like I hate you, uh, which is apparently not the first time it's happened um, and it always makes her mad. Anyway, so also in the car, she makes like a really big decision and just kind of springs it on him that – they're going to get married by a lay person instead of a clergy member because, you know, if the wedding gets happened through the church, her family will expect it to last forever, And <laughs> which Corey is like, that's what weddings are. That's what a marriage is. Um, so we kind of have this ongoing back and forth with them about like whether or not it's okay to go into a marriage being like, 
I want to make sure we can get divorced before we get married. <laughs> anyway, she's looking for excuses to back out and, again, already assuming divorces. But she thinks that if, you know, that won't be an issue at all if he's just a good husband and does what he's told. Or, you know, that's not exactly what she says. But anyway, we and then we see the wedding, the meeting with the wedding planner. We don't actually see the whole thing. We just see like a flashback of something that didn't happen. Um, but anyway, she says she'll be in a better mood now because – it seemed like Corey was kind of meeting her standards with the venue and the flowers and, and stuff like that. So anyway, it's a few weeks later and they still haven't picked an officiant. Corey wants it to be her family's pastor because, you know, again, the same issue. She doesn't want her going into a wedding like being like, let's get divorced now. But she wants to come back to the original – but she wants to come back to it. She has an idea for the officiant. She wants it to be her sister, Leslie, which doesn't make sense at all to Corey – because she hates him and also tricked him into eating a bull dick. Yeah. She thinks she – thinks, he thinks it should be someone that, you know, likes both of them at least. <laughs> but she points out, you know, I sacrificed so much for you. Uh, I'm married and I didn't ever want to be married. We're having a public wedding and I didn't want that. And this is the one thing that I want. So Corley, Corey eventually relents as he just keeps washing the same spot in his truck over and over again. <laughs> and uh, – just to keep Evelyn from backing out or whatever. So he's pretty sure Leslie is going to make an ass of him somehow or other. It, but he know or he also was smart enough to realize that however it's going to happen, he's not going to be able to stop it or catch it or know what's happening. Um, so what do you think about the Corey v. Evelyn? Is it a good sign or a ba- how bad of a sign is it when you're like going into a wedding being like, I want to make sure all divorce options are on the table while oh we're getting married Oh my gosh. Here. Like these two should not be married. I mean, I don't want to yes. even say get married because they're already married. They should not be married. I mean, I feel kind of bad for Evelyn. There's clearly unresolved feelings there if she's having these dreams, these intense dreams and waking up and feeling a certain way. Uh, towards Corey. And, like, I get that. I also get where Corey's coming from. Like, I didn't do anything. It was a dream, right? But it's right. like, but the reason why she feels that way is because there's these unresolved issues. And so it's like, if she resolves those issues, she would stop having these dreams and stop being mad at Corey. I think she is kind of being forced to hide or kind of push down these feelings. Um, just because Corey's made some progress in counseling and, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't think it was enough. And maybe because I do think we saw them in counseling. I think Evelyn really did see progress with Corey and she really, you know, wants to forgive him. But it's just not there yet. So I think they need yeah. to work on that part before they're getting their other whatever wedding this is. Right. I mean, and that's I feel like that's something they kind of tell you when. You're in a couple's therapy and, Mm. you know, especially when infidelity has happened, is like you can work as hard as you want and they can do everything you ask them to do and they can try really hard and it just might never go away. Like you might never ever be able to get back into that that place where you can be happy with this person again um, and not be angry with this person. And and that's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you might try really hard at this and it will still fail. Yeah. Well, she even says – it's like they're trying to fix a big hole with cheap tape. And I was like, that's the smartest thing she's ever said. She thinks that, um, you know, this wedding is basically the cheap tape that's, you know, some kind of symbolic gesture to make Corey feel more secure about where he stands with Evelyn. 
Yeah, and it's it, but it's even worse than just cheap tape because I agree they're paping it over it with, oh, I bought you nicer flowers for your wedding, right? That's mm-hmm. how he's showing his thing, right? And he's not doing a terrible job at it, but it's not even like – like it's like you have a boat that's sinking and instead of tape, you're like, let's sail it across the ocean to fix it. And you're like, that doesn't fix it. What are you doing? Like, yeah, right? Because I was going to say, don't they always say – I mean, I've never been married before, but weddings are super stressful. <laughs> Right. And it's like the whole point is you're supposed to have this big, nice, secure thing that you're going to, you know, partner up and take on your big trip. And, 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 you know, and it's a long trip and you have to be committed to making that trip. And it's like that doesn't fix your boat. Right. It's it's its own ordeal. It's a different kind of thing. Your boat has to be secure before you can start. And if the just the fact that she keeps thinking this divorce thing means they should pump the brakes. Like if you're going into the wedding, you'd be like. We can still get divorced though, right? Like you're not – no. Then don't – you shouldn't be getting married or doing whatever it is they're doing. Quite honestly, I don't see why Corey is pushing this wedding in the first place. They're already married. She yes. already said she didn't want a public display. I wonder if at this point it's Corey or Evelyn who's really pushing for this public wedding because, you know, Evelyn, before all of this came out – she was wanting this public wedding because it was almost like some weird punishment financially for Corey. Like, hey, listen, you're going to have to pay for this really expensive wedding. And we kind of had that theory that, you know, she was playing it that way because it was some kind of torture punishment. But at this point, it doesn't even seem like she wants it. And so Corey should just back off. Like, what is the point? You're already married. You're trying to make her happy. You know what would make Evelyn happy? Not having this wedding. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. And I just what, – what what kind of dumb idea is this Leslie nonsense? Like, <laughs> Well, she's really trying to stick it to him. But, but would Leslie even agree to that? Oh, yeah. To mess with him. She for sure would. But to mess with him. But at the end of the day, she has to be the one that like – is doing the wedding. Was he going to mess with them and be like, actually, the words I said in Spanish, because you don't speak any Spanish, had nothing to do with the wedding ceremony. I just read <laughs> green eggs and ham. And now you're not married. Like, well, I mean, they're like, already <laughs> married. It's like she's not going to break or make or break their marriage. But I think it's just a, a test again, right? Evelyn's constantly testing Corey or pushing his buttons as some kind of weird test, too. You were right. She seemed so annoyed with him. And I was just like, oh, this is a weird energy before she came out and was like, I know I'm acting like a bitch to him. You know, so it's like, okay, at least she's kind of self-aware. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like she's really trying to – weirdly, I think this is her way of kind of pushing him away. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, it's just (sighs) – she's sending him a lot of signals Make that she signals. doesn't really write this wedding, want this wedding. Yeah. Um, but Corey isn't one to read emotional signals as much as you need to have giant signs on boats or off of hot air balloons. That's oh, the only way you can communicate to Corey. Like, let me tell you this thing specifically, like right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think this guy needs to reevaluate what in the world is going on. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why he's pushing for it either because it's an expensive affair and he has already, you know, said that he doesn't want to spend that much money. It seems like everyone would be happy if this wedding just didn't happen. I don't know. I think he really wants that 
like bold public proclamation that she's taken him back and I'm back in here and it's not like a weird thing. I don't know. He's sleeping in the thing. I don't know what's going on. Mm, yeah. But I feel like that's Corey's problem at this point. <laughs> yes. That is Corey's problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, speaking of weddings, let's talk Kenny on Armando. It's two days before the wedding and Armando's family is arriving. Armando is nervous that there's still time for things to go wrong. Armando is also worried that his dad is only there because his mom pressured him and not because he actually wants to be there. Cooper, Kenny's grandson, gives Armando's mom flowers and hugs Armando's sister. And Papa Armando gives Hannah a hug. Kenny and Armando have rented the condo below them for his uh, family to stay in. Armando sits down with his mom and his sister, and Armando asks about his dad. Armando's mom reveals that the text message Armando had sent is what made his dad change his mind, but he didn't want to talk about it, so they don't really know how he was feeling. Later, Kenny's kids and their partners all show up. Kenny's excited to see a pregnant Cassidy, and soon both sides of the family are meeting for tacos by the pool. Everyone is mingling and enjoying everyone's company. Kenny feels like since everyone is together now, uh, he should get his kids together and talk about their family planning. He tells his kids that they had visited an orphanage and they ask why he wanted to give, uh, he wanted to get another child uh, given he has all the kids he already has, which he has four. He has three daughters and a son. Uh, Kenny also brings up their conversation uh, with Armando about in vitro. The kids are all concerned that if Kenny is putting down roots with a new family in Mexico, that they'll just never see him. Taylor is especially emotional and feels abandoned. Kenny assures them all that he will never forget any of them, and he's actually kind of disappointed in their reactions. Okay, do you think it's fair for Kenny's children to have such a strong reaction to Kenny having more children considering they're all adults yes i don't think that's fair at all they're all grown he's grown like if he wants to have another kid that's that's i mean i would be like well that seem that seems like it would be concerning to me i don't think i would make that choice but good luck to you i can't imagine I can't imagine giving that much of a crap about my parents. First of all, can't imagine my parents being like, we think we're going to have another kid. Like, because they're not, my parents are, my parents are young. They're only slightly older than Kenny. Yeah. Right. And so that, that was my kind of go-to thing. Just to be like, if we were going to have another kid, I'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> but I wouldn't be like, I'm afraid you're going to love your new kid more than you love me. Like, like. Right, right. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a thing. I'm a grown man on my own. My brother and sister are grown people out on their own. Like, and it just because it's they said. I think even the phrase came up. You know, put your children first is like, yes, that's what you do as a parent. Yes, until they're like grown, and at some point you have to expect them to put themselves first and take yeah. care of themselves, and then you have to do your own thing. Like that's what kids growing up and moving out is. Right. Like I, I, I think it would be weird for him to sacrifice everything at this point for his grown children. Yeah. It just seems really odd to me. Now, I get the part where they feel like they're going to see him less. Yes. Yes. I get, I get that. that. Sure. Because you're like, well, I miss you. And especially I think Taylor was the one who was just like, I used to grab coffee with my dad like – you know, almost every other day and we had a really close relationship and it does kind of feel like 
you know, the loss of a friendship or the loss of someone when you are used to like those kinds of close rituals with someone and, you know, you don't have those anymore. But it's not like he's dead. You know, she can still talk to him on the phone. I'm sure he would love that. I mean, I can't imagine he's busy all the time. Right. I just I, I, I guess I kind of got the impression that they were all kind of like, well, you know, he moved to Mexico and, you know, his husband has a daughter and she's in Mexico. But when she's 18 or she's 20, so we're talking about, you know, another, what, eight, nine years or mm-hmm. something like that, then he'll come back. Right. Yeah. And if he goes, no, we're thinking about having a kid here. They're like, well, now you're not coming back for 20 years. Right, right. now. Now we're all now my Cassidy's pregnant and her kid's going to be grown before Kenny comes back. And like so I think they kind of were thinking of this whole situation as a sad but temporary thing. Right. That all of a sudden turns into, no, I'm going to stay here permanently. And they're like, wait, 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 no. That's not what we expected. Well, I could kind of see it being temporary. I mean, Kenny's Spanish has not improved at all, right? So if I was one of his kids, I would probably think the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, he's just doing this until they get married. I could see that as being like a milestone, right? Once they get Mm -hmm. married, they can apply for a visa like in America. You know, maybe Hannah can practice more English, you know, because Hannah's going to advance more in language acquisition than Kenny at this point. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. But it's all temporary and we just got to wait for these things to happen and then they'll be back. Right. And that's the other thing too is I think they – the conclusion they automatically jumped to um, was something they hadn't talked about um, is him adopting Hannah. Yeah. Right? And then so that would certainly help with the visa situation. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if he formally adopted Hannah and I think – so I think you're right. I think it was just after the wedding, they'll start working on getting everybody to America and then he'll be back. And But then they're like – which I mean if they had their kid or whatever, like that kid would also be a U.S. citizen. There wouldn't be any visa issues there. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't so. know. I, I just – it was funny to me that it's like y'all are grown and half of you have kids yourself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's something else I get though is like when you have kids, having – a parent around that can help you out with the kid is huge. Right. Like very, very big. Somebody who can come over, who can, you know, because you don't know what you don't know what you're doing at all, right? At first yeah. you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the, 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 the people kick a lot of like you always hear that um about, I don't know, it's an experience I've always heard of is like, you know, moms and daughters or whatever, and they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. we got along fine. But once I had a kid, oh, that's when like I really got close to my mom. Yeah. Because like she got me through that. Uh, something that I felt like I wouldn't be able to get through without her. And they're both kind of sitting here, you know, he was a single dad, so there isn't somebody else around. And mm-hmm. especially, you know, that with for Cooper or whatever, he kind of was there yeah. and was there to do all that stuff and then wasn't for isn't going to be for Cassidy's kid. And I just feel like they feel, for lack of a better term, they feel cheated. Yeah. Which I don't think they're entitled to feel that way. (laughs) But I can understand where where the, at least the impulse comes from. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, let's talk about, let's talk about Ellie and Victor because they were, you know, all right. (laughs) So we're back on Providencia. Ellie and Victor are there and things are slowly starting to come back together um things are a little bit the leaves are growing back on the trees at least we see things like that so victor wants to show her the place where he wrote out the storm 
so that she can better understand what it is that he's going through. As you would imagine, it was a harrowing experience. There was roofs blowing off, windows exploding, hiding inside the kitchen cabinets for hours. Um, Ellie can see how much it's affecting him to be recounting the situation, and she wishes she knew how to help. It takes her a really long time and some prompting from him to figure out, maybe give him a hug? That might help. But it's pretty clear to everyone that two weeks after the storm is really not enough time to be over things. So she wants to, you know, take his emotions less personally. Or at least that's what she says at first. So they're going to spend the night there and they set up a tent inside the roofless house. And while Victor pours him some rum to drink, they look around at all that needs to be done and joke about, you know, just this house being held together by love. (laughs) So we're going to go back to San Andres tomorrow and hope that with the right supplies, the next trip – out to um, Providencia can be, you know, where they stay there for good. Victor tells us that he's been thinking of proposing to Ellie and also mentions that they have talked children before, but the subject just kind of got put on the back burner and disappeared. So he brings it up again now. Ellie says she's willing to try to have kids, even though, you know, they've kind of been trying in a sense since she's been there. So then Ellie starts to think logistically about things like where would this kid sleep? How would we pay for it? Victor says, yeah, we're going to make it at our bar. Don't worry about it. But Ellie, having been a real business owner before, says, you know, we can work really hard. But if there's nobody coming to the island, nobody's going to buy any liquor and we can't keep our bar open. (laughs) So we won't be able to support ourselves. Then they bicker about how likely it is that the bar is going to be viable with or without tourists, especially after Victor kind of already had a huge um, income hit after the pandemic. Or during the pandemic, rather. And she's been sending him money this whole time. Once she brings up that she's been sending him money this whole time, that's when things really go south because Victor gets really defensive about the money. He tells her that she has a money problem because she's always keeping track of money and worrying about money. And she thinks money is everything. Then they kind of argue about how much he can potentially earn, how much more money she sent him, blah, blah, blah. Basically, Basically, it comes down to, is he really relying on her for his, you know, survival right now? Um, and that issue is some – it seems like a one – an issue that they are mutually resentful about. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I thought both of these people were being assholes this whole time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, who do you think was the bigger asshole in this argument? I think Victor. Um, I just think that – he doesn't care about money and because he doesn't care about money it's almost like he doesn't really think about the value of money and so that's part of where they're not quite aligned like ellie values money because she's worked hard for her money and so Mm -hmm. for her to give it to victor she expects like some acknowledgement of what she's giving him, you know, right. and he just doesn't because he's just like, well, be- and to- in his defense, I think, you know, people who live in a very like um, close family knit structure like this freely sure. share their money. We've seen it a lot with uh, these couples on 90 Day Fiance. Oh, yeah. And specifically, specifically with Caribbean couples. Yes. That seems to be the place where it comes up the most. Right. Like I'm thinking uh, Devar and Melanie. Yes. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like to him, it's not that he doesn't value money, but it's kind of like a free love situation. Like if you have yes. money, you give it, you know, you take money when you need it. 
And so I just, I think how they view it is very different. But I think Victor isn't trying at all to kind of understand where Ellie's coming from because this isn't like an unlimited source of money. And it is stressful for her because what mm-hmm. do you do when the money runs out? And I don't think he's thought about that. He just assumes it's going to keep coming. It's going to keep coming. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's part of it. He, part of it definitely is that he he seems to think it's some unlimited well of money mm-hmm. that she, she just has. And she's already be like, uh, we're like, you know, kind of like running close. And and I think you're right. I think culturally and and we both come from a very – because I mean, even within America, people's attitudes about money are different. Sure. But – both of us are very much in the Ellie vein of like, no, no, no. I need every cent. I'm going to know where it goes. <laughs> I, I'm going to think about what I'm going to buy. I'm going to consider that. I'm going to, I'm going to have to worry about the future with money and have things saved up. And so the way Ellie thinks about money is very familiar to me. Right, right, right. And so it, and I won't. It's not the only way to think about money, but it's just the way that I was kind of raised and culturally taught to think of money. And so the idea that he's just like, well, whatever, money's just money. I'm like, but. We, it, it, it's math. There's a math problem here. We, we it doesn't <laughs> like, but if you subtracted too big of a number from it, it, it's gone. It doesn't work. It doesn't right. come back. Yeah. I mean, well, she even says if money isn't everything, then I'll just stop giving it. And I think that was like kind of a bratty response, but she's not yes. wrong, you know, because you can't expect to get money and then like say, oh, well, it's not important. It's like, well, if it's not important, then I won't give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's she, that's my thing is about it is she was very, you're right. Bratty is a good word. Like her, the way she was dealing with what he was saying was like bratty. Cause he even came to like, it sounded like to me, I think she just mid rest, misread what was going on. They were mm-hmm. drinking, they were having fun. They were talking about, it's going to be awesome when we open our bar. We'll just, everybody will be here and it'll be fun. He's like daydreaming about this bar yeah. and the great life that they're going to have. And she's like, wait, wait, we don't have enough money for that. And he's like, why are you? <laughs> we talk about money. What? What? You, you, why, why, why are you killing the vibe, man? Like, yeah. I think I, I, I just think that's kind of even more where it came from, and then it became a serious conversation. But I don't think he was trying to have a serious conversation about this bar in this house. It was just kind of like, oh, won't it be nice when, right? And we have those daydreamy conversations all the time. I mean, if you're Stephen, yeah, because he's a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dreamer, but I mean. Wouldn't it be nice if I lived at the beach? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. We could do this, this. It's not like somebody goes, if I said, wouldn't it be nice if we lived, if I lived at the beach? Well, do you know how much that's going to cost? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, what kind of job are you going to have to be able to afford that? And I'm like, wait. Uh, wet blanket. Boo. But I don't know. It just, it's, it, it just doesn't seem like they get along very much. I mean – the way she talked at the beginning of the conversation, they get along fine in some ways. Mm. And I think they're kind of riding high on like being really into each other like sexually. And like after that, it's kind of like, I don't know what they have besides that. Yeah. I kind of wondered a little bit if what's holding them together is like just this situation, you know, because it just feels like you have to depend on each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I wonder a little bit if this wasn't the situation, like you could focus on things like the cheating thing. Right. Which just, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and the thing she that she never met, she mentioned offhand once the domestic abuse thing that he that he's been that he was, you know, arrested for whatever. Like it there's a lot of stuff going on. And just they they, uh, and, and, and it's also tricky, too, because you're right. The situation 
is here. So I don't know if they would be as snippy and as short with each other, if not in in this kind of situation, but they both are kind of just blaming or crediting everything that goes wrong in any, any day. They'll wake up tomorrow and be like, well, you know, the hurricane. Right. Right. Yeah. That was so we can't really hold ourselves accountable for what we said that last night because it's stressful and we, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh so let's move on to uh Jenny and Summit. So Jenny and Summit are on their way to the astrologer because they need to consult with him before they get married. Jenny and Summit are both smiling and Jenny thinks that Khalid, the astrologer, uh she thanks him for getting Summit's parents to come around. Khalid uh, consults with the star charts and tells them that they can get married now. It's no big deal. Specifically, between 10 days and 9 months is the best time. He also tells them that it has to be a court marriage and their celebration needs to be between uh, just the two of them. Otherwise, there will be a divorce. Samit is now feeling the pressure. Jenny thinks that once the visa isn't a stress, things will be better. So she thinks they should get they should get the agreement to marry in 10 days. So she also doesn't want to risk his mom changing her mind. Summit agrees to it, and Jenny checks with him that he doesn't feel pressured. But Summit does bring up his divorce and how hard it was, and Jenny tries her best to reassure him. Summit understands that it's weird that this is what he's been fighting for for nine years, and now that it comes down to it, he's scared. He thinks divorce changed him, and he cries having a physical reaction to the pressure. Jenny encourages him to talk about it, and he says he doesn't want to lose her, and Jenny assures him that she will always love him and never leave. Jenny and Summit then go meet with the lawyer to see what they need to do to get married in court. The lawyer outlines the process of getting married, which is basically, at the end of the day, the 30-day process. Jenny is frustrated because she worries that Summit's parents will change their mind in those 30 days. And the lawyer says that, well, great things take time. They get the process started and file the application anyway. Summit is getting nervous and feeling trapped because he thought they were just there to get information, not to actually apply. Summit is later talking to a friend on video chat and tells him the good news, but he kind of says it with a face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he admits that he's scared that things will fall apart and he will be going through a divorce again. His friend points out that, yeah, he's had it bad, but you know, you know who's had it worse? Jenny. Samit <laughs> <laughs> is fearful that oh. Jenny will become domineering, even though she's not like that now. His friend reminds him that Jenny is a completely different person than his ex-wife and he probably doesn't need to worry about that. Okay, we have definitely seen Summit like show signs of being skittish when the idea yeah. of marriage becomes real. And it's not even just this episode. We've seen it in the past, you know, like when Jenny's kind of pushed to shove like and he's been I feel like he's been hiding behind his parents' disapproval in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but now he's blaming it on his divorce. And so as a divorcee, is divorce really that traumatic? Would you ever want to get married again knowing that it was a different situation? This is a different person. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've been divorced. And it, the part where he said divorce changes you, mm -hmm. right, to change me into a different person, I was like, well, that's everybody. Yes. Like I literally said that out loud, yeah. right? That's everybody. However, his divorce is remarkably different than my divorce situation oh, sure. in yeah. numerous ways. Yes. One, I was married for like 10 years. 
Two, I liked my ex-wife. <laughs> Three, right. I voluntarily chose to get married to my ex-wife. Right, no one was forcing you <laughs> and standing over you, taking your passport, making sure you never left her. Right, so the part where it's like, I feel like this is all going to fall apart like my old one. It was like, you never wanted that to be together. You right. can't hold that falling apart as a reason. Like, I... I could see myself having lots of reasons. I'd be like, I'm afraid this is going to fall apart because it all seemed like it would work so well at one point. And then it didn't until it didn't. And – but I don't feel like that. I, I definitely don't feel like I'll never get married again or anything like that. But it's also like – I mean I'm not in a rush to do it, right? And so I could be, understand not being in a rush to do it. But he was He's not being rushed. This is not the same situation because mm-hmm. he got – was in an arranged marriage that he was forced into with a woman he didn't like. He didn't want that marriage to be, take place. And the hard part about the divorce wasn't the emotional turmoil of, you know, falling out of love with someone or having a relationship you wanted to work, you know, fall apart. It was the his ex-wife's family exploiting him and mm-hmm. like uh, ex- extorting him for tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Like, that's a, not the same thing he's worried about here. Yeah. Yeah. But he thinks that she will be domineering and change. So, I mean, is that like a legitimate concern? Like, because obviously you – okay. So, in the, the difference between Samit's marriage and your marriage is that you chose to marry this person. And then, you know, you chose to marry this person based on who they were at that present time. Right. Correct. And so I, I know that you both have changed. And so it's kind sure. of like, is that scary to you that that same scenario will happen again where you marry someone and then as soon as you get married? Because that's what Summit's kind of expressing here, that like marriage will change their situation. The issue that I have is the as soon as they get married part, because the only people that change overnight as soon as they get married are people who are scamming you to get married in the first place. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody changes overnight. And that we, people uh, – we talk about how people have that expectation all the time. It's usually the other way. Mm-hmm. Oh, when we get married, things are going to be different. He'll be around more. He won't right. – I won't have to be jealous of other women, him flirting with other women. Uh, he'll do this. He'll do that. And it's like, no. Like he won't be a different person as soon as you get married. Now, he might evolve into a different person over a long period of time. And that's mm-hmm. just that's just a risk you have to take. But like the idea that he's going to marry Jenny and all of a sudden she's going to be like, now get out there and work – 23 hours a day to give me my money. Like, where? why Why does he think she's going to do that? Like, I don't right. understand. That's not how people work. Yeah. And I wonder how much she could actually get in a divorce, too. Oh, yeah. He's not making any money right now. Like, He's what is she going to get? So it's like, you have nothing to give. So if things were to go wrong. Right. Is she going to hire a good Indian lawyer and steal his passport and extort his parents for tens of thousands of dollars? Yeah. I, don't, I don't. It doesn't. I, I mean, don't see any of I that thought happening. it was funny because there were literally three times in this episode when Summit wanted, like, thought he had an out and thought he had somebody that could get his back. I know. so excited. And all three of them <laughs> were like, dude, no. She gets what she wants. Like, no. I know. He was so panicked. Oh, my goodness. Oh. This dude does not want to get married. And I, I don't want to say not to Jenny, but, like, he does not want to get married. And thank yeah. goodness for Jenny that she actually has a legitimate reason to, like, want – I mean, Jenny wants to get married anyway. You know, if yes. the visa thing wasn't an issue, she would still 
be wanting to get married because absolutely and i get where she's coming from she wants some sense of security especially because of what has happened in their relationship in the past you know she wants that security of yeah this everybody knows that this is my dude you know so he can't run off and secretly get married to someone else like she wants that security that status and you know it's just like okay I don't understand what he's doing. I don't either. I don't know what – I don't know why if – I get it doesn't make any sense. Why waste nine years I on know, this? Right? And that's the thing is I think he genuinely does love her because why mm-hmm. else would you put up with that for nine years? Especially right. when it would be easier to not be with her given his parents. And I'm not even saying like be with his ex-wife but just to be single. Like, his parents mm-hmm. probably would have been thrilled. He probably could have stayed living with his parents, and he probably would have been thrilled about that, too, because he likes Mama cleaning up after him and cooking for him. Yes, he does like that. And it's just – I and it, I don't know. I just thought it was funny how much he was putting on those fake smiles. Those, I know, that right? fake no-eyes smile, panicked eyes, yeah. smiling face, like, oh, like he, And when he talks, it was like he was going to cry. I was just like, oh, this is not good. Oh, yeah, this is really bad. This is really bad. Although it looks like it's going to be really bad when he uh, tells Jenny about the um, holding the – calling in and making the lawyer hold the form. Like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. It's like what – you know, I have been guilty of this too, like hanging in there because you're like just, you know, you think you're so close to what you really want in a relationship. And I feel like that's why Jenny kind of like sticks around at this point, you know? It's like – yeah, she's around. She's around for the sunk cost. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. Because it's like I'm almost there, so yeah. close to being married. If I, you know, decided like to walk away from this, I have to start all the way from the very beginning. I'm even farther away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even don't even know anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. But it's like I just I just feel like what he wants to do is he just wants to ignore all the problems until they go away. Like, if we just keep – just stop, let's not change anything, let's not do anything, and eventually everything will just be fine. And I just don't want to have to think or do anything. I just want to do what I'm doing now and let's move on. And that's also – just – that's not how life works. That's why he annoys me so much, just in general. Because it's like, yeah, if he was a little bit more assertive, you know, maybe he wouldn't have been married to someone he didn't want to be married to. Yes, yes. But instead, time will tell. Oh, God. I hate that. You know I hate that. <laughs> I know. So I did it. All right. Oh, On God. the last one, we have Ari and Binium. So after their big fight in front of the translator, Ari doesn't have high hopes for this relationship. But now it's Janice's turn to pump Benny for information while Ari takes a nap. So they get out of the apartment and go to the beachside cafe. The same translator shows up. So it must have not been all that super awkward or the money must be good. One of the two. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, Genesis wants to get to the bottom of what's going on. So Benny actually thinks that talking to Janice might be a little better for him. He'll be able to get his side of the story out because Ari is just too emotionally invested and most importantly keeps interrupting him. So Janice starts off with some real talk about what she saw from her perspective. She saw that there was a lot of messaging about what's going, what was going on in the house and Ari spent a lot of time crying. In fact, things were so – Unusual? Nuts? 
in the house there that even Janice was getting messages from his family members about the things that were going on there. So he explains and he actually uses the translator of his time that they turn the house into a music studio, which is what he's been saying the whole time. But he kind of hints out that for, you know, in order for music production to happen, there's going to be all kinds of weird and crazy cast members coming in and out of the house, backup singers and, you know, this producer and that producer, this guy can play the bongos, whatever it is. They're all coming in and out. There's going to be a lot of people you don't know. So Janice then jumps right to the issue she has the biggest problem with. Did you cheat on Ari while she was gone? He denies it and Janice seems happy. She says, so there's not another girl in your life, which I don't know, it's a weird way to ask that because there doesn't have to be a girl in your life for you to be cheating on somebody. Right. But anyway, she's a believer in his body language and feels like he's telling the truth. So now Janice is asking him, why why didn't you just tell Ari the whole story the whole time instead of being all distant and weird and ignoring all the phone calls? Right. He says, you know, before things got a little tricky because when he talked about stuff that Ari wasn't a huge fan of, you know, going over to friends' houses, spending too much time at the club, eh, it always ended in an argument. It's just way easier to hide stuff from her than to have this whole ass argument. (sighs) So Janice has some final advice for him to make sure that, you know, if you're going to plan something, you need to tell Ari about it. First, because when she hears things through your sister or your friends, it's pretty suspicious. In the end, Benny seems really relieved that Janice believes his story and seems – and also that she seems to be wanting this to work out. So by the time the two of them get back, Ari and Avi are up in their nap and Ari is willing to let mom play mediator for a bit if she thinks that's going to help. So Janice recounts basically the entire scene that we just saw and tells Ari that uh, Benny's answers were to her satisfaction and she thinks things can be worked out. But Ari is pretty suspicious. So Janice continues to speak for him, talking about how he's going to stop lying to avoid fights and, and things like that. Benny says that what he wants is that he really wants when these things come up, when issues like this come up, that she needs to stay calm and not jump down his throat when she hears things that she doesn't like. All right. So, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like there was improvement yes. on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can sustain this improvement when Janice is not being a go-between? Uh, I think it's going to be really difficult, you know? <laughs> like, I thought he was trying to say this the whole time, that it was a studio, right? And it's like, I don't understand why it was so hard for him to get into the details of it and why it was so hard for her to understand that he basically yes. made the place a studio. But I do think he probably should have said something to her before he even made it a studio because it's my impression that Ari is the one paying for this place. Yes, right. And it was like it, – it was it, it would have been like – and that's the thing I don't get is it, it would have taken him and I think it's partially – I'll say how I think he might have a point as well is it would have been if he went, oh – Oh, you heard from Wish? Well, let me tell you exactly who was there. Mm-hmm. It was this guy. He was the producer. This guy plays the drums. There was this these three studio musicians. We had these three backup singers. Yeah. We had this girl who does this and this brother does that. That's who was at the house. Yeah. Right? If, if she had done that, um, she would have – it seems like that should have calmed her down. But from his – the way he talks, it sounds like he goes, well, let me tell you who was all at the house. She would be like, you don't have to tell me something. I know the things are going on mm-hmm. in the house. And he's like, well, okay. Like – what, what do you want me to do? And then he hangs up and is like, well, I'm not going to pick up the phone again so she can finish that nonsense screaming fit where she's not going to let me list the people that were at the house so I can reassure her. Like, well, how are we going to have that fight? Right. But it seems like his habit of – I get not picking up the phone when she calls right 
away. Like, okay, she clearly just wants to finish that yell that yelling sentence she was she was that rant that she was on. But like then he'll just like not answer for like three more weeks. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, that part he can't do. Yeah, I think this is something where maybe if they got more into the habit of, and I know this might seem like weird and old school, but like just communicating your side via email. Because I think oh, part yeah. of it is that like what Benny was saying, like Ari doesn't let him finish talking. So if he yes. were to, you know, write his side of the story or his perspective on things, with it would make it so he wouldn't be interrupted. And then the whole translation thing wouldn't be such an issue. Because I do think that Vinny is a little slower at, you know, kind of thinking about what he wants to say. And so Ari takes advantage of those moments of pause to, oh, sure. you know, to start talking and Benin doesn't yeah, get a Ari's chance. A fast talker. Yeah. Ari's a fast talker. And I, I know a lot of fast talkers and you, uh, yeah, if you pause for a second, they're like, okay, you're done. Yep. Moving on. Like yeah. my turn. Right. So yeah, I think emails would help out or at least writing it. it doesn't have writing to be, it down, it, write yeah. down, write down all of your thoughts. Right. Yes. I, right. I agree with that because I, I don't know. I've, I've definitely had situations where I wrote down all my thoughts and then didn't end up sending it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because just writing my thoughts down was like, oh, well, this is the best way to get it. But there if you're worried about it being interrupted, then actually sending it is probably better mm-hmm. um, because she she does seem incapable. And I get that. Like I get that. I just had this weekend. I had a whole like shouting thing at my at my kids, which was probably bad on my part. It wasn't probably it definitely was. But like it happens sometimes mm-hmm. because – and this is what Ari, sometimes they just make a face or they, I yell at them about something and they start crying and that just makes me like more angry at about it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me like kind of get in this position where I'm just dwelling on that thing. And I think he does that. Mm-hmm. I think he has this – that stupid face he makes when she starts yelling at him <laughs> just makes her more angry and makes her just want to keep yelling at him. And it, you need and, – and when you do things that like communicate by email or send a long text or something, it's like, well – you need to communicate where you can't see that face. Right. Right. Definitely. Okay. So we didn't hear from Stephen and Alina. And yeah, was that it? Did. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yep. That was it. All right. So who was your student of the week? I went with Jenny. Okay. Um, Jenny because – The you know Jenny what? or just Jenny Jenny? No. Jenny Jenny. <laughs> Jenny and Submit Jenny. Not the Jenny. Yeah. The Jenny just showed up in dreams right, and haunted right. everyone. Um, no. Just because – I liked how she got to the point where she's like, I'm done waiting. We're doing this as soon as possible. Yes. If we're like, we're, we are shitting or getting off the pot. Right. I am getting ready to shit. Like, tell me, tell me what you're doing. Right. Because she has been waiting a ridiculously long time for this. Yeah. And there are finally clearly no hurdles left except for him. And so this is the point she's been waiting for for nine years. Are you serious about this? Right. 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 And so I, I, I applaud the way she's approaching it by being like, you've been telling me for nine years this is what you wanted. Now it's time to do it. We're doing it. The only thing I worry about is I feel like she's had this kind of energy and motivation to get things done before. And then when things don't work out her way, she just kind of defaults to, okay, you know, I guess guess, I'll stick around. He he is desperately – 
looking, clawing for an excuse and I not know, being able right? to find it. He had the excuses before. Yeah. And he's out. He's out of he's out of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I definitely feel that she's much more likely to follow through because he doesn't have these excuses to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so my student of the week was Ari's mom, Janice. Uh, I know you said that you felt like there was progress. I felt there was progress, too. And I honestly don't think they would have got there without Janice because we already saw last episode, even with the translator, that's not the issue. Yeah. It's kind of Ari being the issue. (laughs) I I mean, I definitely feel because Janice Janice is a nurse, right? That's her background. I mean, I could see that. I see the I'm going to sit here and listen to this patient's bonkers off the wall concerns, but I'm going to. Treat them with respect and and like ca- talk to them calmly and relate to them, saying it's just, those those are skills that she's built up yeah. in 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 her career and it's like in her life right. and it's like you can just see you can just see the the power of experience between the way she deals with this and the the and the way Ari does. Yeah, I don't really see Ari ever maturing enough yeah <laughs> to handle things like her mom, but I mean we can hope. I mean she has a good role model at least. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Okay, what about your dunce? I'm with Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, just if you don't want to get have the wedding, then don't have the yeah, wedding. right. Say it out loud that you don't want to do this and you want to do something else. Don't just like bitch about it and try to sabotage it by having your somebody who hates the groom officiate it. God. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, goodness. Uh, so my dunce is submit. I mean, come on. It's like, okay, even if it freaks you out, you've had nine years to wrap your head around what's going to happen. And I get that all of a sudden it's moving super fast because it really is, you know, like the astrologer just said, oh, it's okay. Or, you know, told the parents like, oh, yeah, you should uh, let up and let him do what he wants. And then a couple days later, they go back to the astrologer and it's like. So, I mean, this is like a two-week turnaround that he's getting. I get that that is fast. I get that that is scary. But it's fast and scary if you haven't been spending nine years thinking about this. Right. But even – and I guess marriage isn't the same thing as these two things. But like fast and scary things happen often. When you switch jobs, it's Mm -hmm. fast and scary. Right. Right. When you buy a house, it's fast and scary. It's all of a sudden I was – you're you're, you're looking on Zillow one day and then like three weeks later, you're like, I'm – Okay, I guess I, we made an appointment for a closing. Close, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, things happen fast when they has. But like a house, it's not like you weren't thinking about it for a long right, time. It right. would be weird if you weren't thinking about buying a house and you weren't like shopping for houses, and all of a sudden it was like, by the way, you're buying a house in two weeks. You're uh, like, wait, what? I'm like, ah. you say that, but that was my experience. <laughs> you were- I bought a place without really uh, knowing I was looking for a place. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that happens. <laughs> No, I, I don't – actually, to be fair, I have known people who have done that because it'll be like – my brother, I think, did that recently because somebody just th- through word of mouth, word of mouth, oh, this person's selling a house where I thought you were interested in a house, weren't you? And it was like, oh, yeah, they want to do it without a real estate agent. It's like, oh, hey, boom, 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 Yeah. All done. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so what about your life lesson? So this one goes to Armando mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes you got to stop overthinking things and just take the W. Yeah. Right? Don't – if you get what you want – the person's reason for doing it ultimately doesn't matter. No. Um. You, if he wanted his dad at the wedding, whether he got guilted into it or whether he wanted to be – at the end of the day, he's there because he wants to be there. If he didn't want to be there for some reason, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be there. And it's like 
it, it just it's gonna eat you up inside if you're like, well, yeah, he was at my wedding, but did he really want to be there? Right. And I was like, he's there though. You got the thing you wanted. Don't move the goalposts. Right, and also you can't feel guilty if you don't care. So, I mean, he must care otherwise, you know, and maybe it is motivated by guilt, but guilty people, you know, care about something. So, yeah. 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 So, ultimately, Kenny's dad's reasons for coming to the wedding is his problem. I mean, not Kenny, Armando's is his problem and not not Armando's problem. Okay. So, my life lesson is for Ellie and Victor. Um, They talked about bringing a child into this world. (sighs) And it's like, what are you doing? Bringing a kid into a really stressful situation intentionally will only make your life more stressful. So it just seems like the timing is really terrible. They're worried about how they're going to make money. They're worried about building this home. And it's just like, I don't understand why now is the time. Let's, on top to of that, yeah, you're recovering from the worst thing that's ever happened in your life. Also, let's add the most stressful thing that happens in most people's lives to that. I know, like, right? let's so, just yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it happens, it happens. But I mean, if you have control sure. over the situation, like it sounds like they're trying to take control over the situation here, like, let's right. just wait a little bit. Right. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. But although I will admit that. They're concerned about waiting longer. Although well, I, they, I yeah, can't, they're running out. They really don't have that much time left. Is, biologically, Ellie is concerned. Yes. But at the same time, right. I also feel like Ellie should use that to her advantage, right? Because she doesn't even seem super sold on the kid thing anyway. She doesn't. No. It's like all coming from Victor. Yeah. We're talking about the next three, four months. Like yeah. I'm not, We're not saying we need to wait five years. Right. Like, you right. Know? Yeah. Let's get a house. Get, let's, get, let's get a roof over your head first. Right. Yeah. Totally. All right, then. So uh, this group is going to be back next week. I don't think I caught the preview for it. Anything interesting I'm trying to remember if there was anything. I feel like I saw it, but man, nothing stuck out. Like, I feel like it was there. I am having troubles with my – I have Sling TV and they're – New DVR is like a thorn in my side and it goes bonkers all the time. And so it was having issues towards the end of this episode. So I just like gave up. I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure two minutes left. I'm just missing the preview. I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, I know I watched it, but I can't remember what was in it. Oh, I think. Oh, no, wait, wait. I did remember Stephen and Alina are trying to hit the accelerator pedal in this wedding. Oh, so they're trying to make it happen. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's like a notary thing and everything. I don't know, but oh, that, that's 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 what I remember now. But now that I've yeah. thought about it a minute, I mean, I don't think Corey and Evelyn should be together, and I most certainly think Stephen and uh, Elena should not be together. I mean, if I'm looking at all these couples, I mean, Kenny and Armando should be together. Yeah, Jenny and Summit. I don't see why not. They seem okay. Yeah, except that Summit doesn't want to be together. Uh, yeah. But the other ones, the other ones pretty much need to break up. Ari and Binyam, they're okay. Like, you I mean they have a child. There's nothing, like, fundamentally wrong there. Yes. I think they can be okay as long as they're together. Yeah. Ellie and <laughs> Victor, I think it's a bad idea, but nothing is screaming at me like, no, don't do it. No, not like Stephen and no, Alina. No, no. Stephen and <laughs> Alina, it's like, oh my gosh, you should not be yeah. together. Corey and Evelyn, another couple where I'm like, you should not be together. No, definitely yeah. not. All right. But until next week, we will see. All right. Hopefully all these couples again. Yep. Okay. okay see you until then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good.